Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you to preview week eight, which kicks off in just a few hours. It is Thursday morning. Week eight starts at eight o'clock tonight with the Bucks taking on the Bills. Uh, this season, I've been trying to get these episodes out on Wednesdays uh, to just to be ahead of the Thursday night game. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I think this is going to be the normal recording schedule. I think we're going to be posting on Thursdays from now on. I'm not going to go out of my way to get the Thursday night in. Number one, because we've been getting it wrong quite a bit. I'm above 500 on the year. My picks are doing well, but the Thursday game has not been kind. Uh, it's just kind of a crapshoot. You never really know what you're getting on Thursday night football. So I'm just, I'm done going out of my way to try to get out a pick for that game. So this will be the normal schedule. You'll be hearing me coming to you on Thursdays for the rest of the year. Uh, last week, we did get back on track after one of the worst weeks we've ever had on the podcast. We went nine and eight last week. So above 500. Unfortunately, though, the teaser of the week did not cast the bills, uh, letting us down there. But let's dive right in to where I got it right. I gave out the Colts at plus three against the Browns, the hype team of the week. I thought it was the Browns last week. Maybe you could say it was the Lions because they ended up losing. I don't want to reverse engineer this thing and say, oh, yeah, see, that was actually the hype team because they lost. But, uh, man, oh, man, the Browns really should have lost this game. That was an absolute gift from the referees with that illegal contact call that had nothing to do with the play. The quarterback was getting sacked as the illegal contact was happening. The fumble happens. It's looking like the Colts win that game outright. However, the plus three still does cash. The Colts are able to hold the Browns out of the end zone on the two-point conversion attempt that would have caused this to push. But as it is, Colts plus three was a winner. I gave out the Giants plus three. And like I said, Tyrod Taylor takes care of the football. The commander's cannot sustain drives they can only it seems like they can only score off of turnovers up and against the Eagles and for some reason for whatever reason they seem to be able to move the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles who the Miami Dolphins couldn't move the ball against uh I think the moral of the story there is the NFL just does not make sense this year I gave out the Lions Ravens over 42 and a half and the Ravens minus three both of those cash uh with ease you might sit there and say oh wait nine and eight there was only 13 games I did give out multiple picks uh for three games hence why we have uh, more picks than games, but a double winner here. I gave out the Falcons Bucks under that game and 16 to 13. Uh, the Falcons taking care of business. This is just an ugly game. I think you're going to see this a lot. Uh, a lot of underplays when the teams in the NFC South take each other on. I gave out the Packers Broncos under. And speaking of ugly games, man, oh man, both of these offenses just looked absolutely inept. I gave out the Seahawks minus seven and look out for Seattle. Uh, they are now tied with the San Francisco 49ers for first place in the NFC West. And I gave out the Seahawks to win the division in my preseason pod. And that pick was looking really dumb. Uh, Not looking as dumb now. The Seahawks are a good team. In fact, they really could be a game ahead of the 49ers. They really should have won that game against Cincinnati where, uh, uh, you know, they just they played Cincinnati off the field. And it was just a couple of breaks that went Cincinnati's way to let them win that game. Finally, I gave out the under in the 49ers-Vikings game. I also gave out the 49ers minus six and a half. So that is uh, one of where I got it wrong. But I did get the under right there. That is going to do it for where I got it right. Let's move on to where I got it wrong.
eight losers to get to the Bills, letting us down with the teaser of the week. And I really got to stop teasing teams down. Teasing teams up is the way to go. I even said on the last podcast, I was thinking about putting the Giants into the teaser of the week. I ended up going with the Bills instead. The Giants uh, would have been a winner uh, with the Falcons, which was the other leg of the teaser of the week. But the teaser of the week falling uh, for just the second time this year. So now five and two on the year with the Bills costing us there. I gave out the Saints minus two on Thursday night football. And uh, it really looked like the Saints were going to come back and tie that game for us. Overtime possibly get us a win there. But like I said, Thursday night, just an absolute crapshoot. Derek Carr looked you know, like a zombie the first half first three quarters of that game before finally uh, deciding to wake up there and bring his team back. But the Saints fall short there. I gave out the Bills minus eight and a half. They lose the game outright. Uh, There is something going on with this Bills team. We'll touch on that briefly when we talk about the Thursday night game here in a bit. I gave out the Raiders minus three. And honestly, this is because I thought they were starting Aiden O'Connell. It makes no sense for them. Why were they starting Brian Hoyer? When I started their starting Brian Hoyer, I was like, oh no, is Aiden O'Connell hurt? There must be something wrong with them. There's no way that they would choose ancient Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell, who's, you know, who's looked great. I mean, I know he threw that interception at the end of the Chargers game, but he had that team in position to win. I mean, he's the backup quarterback and he went toe to toe with Justin Herbert. And st- I, I just don't understand why, uh, why they went with Brian Hoyer it made absolutely no sense. It's just a, another one of the, of the really, really bad decisions that the Raiders have made over the years. Just chalk that one up to another bad decision by them. I gave out the over 44 and the Rams minus three against the Steelers. And both of those, I had the double winner with the Lions-Ravens, the double loser here with the Rams and the over. Uh, the Rams get outplayed, but they also kind of get screwed at the end of that game. Uh, Kenny Pickett clearly short of of the first down line on the fourth and one that iced the game on the QB sneak. He basically falls down like it, it, way behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know how the refs decided to, to spot the ball where they did. That just made absolutely no sense to me. I gave out the Chargers plus five and a half, and it might be time to admit this is not a very good football team. Uh, I've been critical of the head coach. There's definitely other things going on. Justin Herbert not playing like a top. I mean, people try to put him in the top five. He's not even playing like a top 15 quarterback right now. He looks really bad. When I watch him play, it seems like he just tries to put too much on every throw. Uh, A lot of these quarterbacks you see, Brock Purdy, uh, Joe Burrow, like these guys who don't have the strongest arms in the world, they're able to put touch on the ball uh, and be accurate with it. Now, Justin Herbert, a lot of the times he's throwing accurate balls, but they're just, I mean, line drives. They're just screaming out of his hand. I think he needs to learn to put a little bit more touch on his passes. You hardly ever see him put touch on his passes. They're always these these Brett Favre type throws. And uh, I'm sure he breaks a lot of his receiver's fingers with those balls. And uh, sometimes you got to take some off, man. You don't always have to show off the cannon. Uh, just just my, uh, <laughs> my amateur uh, analysis there. I gave out the over 52 in the Eagles-Dolphins game. And at halftime, this really looked like it was going to be a good play. In fact, it looked like the Dolphins might tie this game at 24, uh, which would have really set us up to go over the 42 there. Unfortunately, they fall short, and so does my overplay. Finally, like I said, I gave out the 49ers minus 6.5. Was right with the under, was not right with the 49ers minus 6.5. The Vikings coming out of nowhere uh, to win that game, really. It looked like that offense was going to be completely stagnant. They were unable to move the balls against a porous Bears defense. So you're sitting there thinking, man, Justin Jefferson is this offense. Without him, uh, you know, they're just completely screwed. Uh, and then they go out against the 
one of the best defenses in the league in the 49ers and uh, make things happen. So the league makes no sense. Uh, if something doesn't make sense, bet on it because that's probably going to be the way that things go. That is going to do it for where I got it wrong. We'll take a quick break and dive into the slate for week eight, which has no bye week, 16 games to get to. So buckle up. Uh, we've got a lot of picks coming at you. Rifling through these a little bit faster than normal, if you couldn't tell. I actually have some time off work. Looking forward to spending some time with the family. So don't want to spend too much time in the studio uh, by myself recording. Want to get out here and enjoy this nice weather. So let's dive right in. Thursday night football, the Bucks taking on the Bills. The Bills are eight and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 42. And when you look at the numbers, you think, man, this Bills team is great. They're third in points per game. They're eighth in yards per game, third in third down conversions, the second in sacks, third in interceptions. But when you kind of zoom out a little bit, you realize this offense has been bad in four of their seven games. And they really just lit up the scoreboard against Las Vegas, Miami, and Washington. They scored 123 points in those games. That's 41 points per game. And their other four games, 18.75 points per game. Uh, in the three games of the scoreboard, they played the 22nd, 27th, and 29th ranked teams in points per game allowed. In the other four, it's not like they played great defenses. They played the 24th, 23rd, 16th, and 13th ranked teams on defense. The only really good defense that they've played uh, is the Jets. Uh, enter the Bucks, who are one of the best defenses in the league, allowing the six fewest points per game. In fact, unders are 5-1 and one in Bucks games this year. As you're looking at a Bills defense that is absolutely decimated with injuries, I don't think that they are the same team that they were to start the year. The Bucks have held every team that they've played this year under their average scoring total. They have a good offensive line. So when you sit here and, and look at the Bills and that high sack total, Baker's one of the fewest sack quarterbacks in the league. He's taken the second fewest sacks in the league, only behind Patrick Mahomes. So I really like the Bucks plus eight and a half here. I think this is going to be an ugly game, a low scoring game. Also like the under 42. Um, the Bills are just too reliant on sacking the quarterback and turnovers. And you look at Baker Mayfield. He has zero multiple turnover games this year. He's a safe quarterback. He takes care of the ball. And he's behind a good offensive line that uh, anchored by Tristan Wirfs. The move, move the left tackle for him has worked out phenomenally. So I'm going to go with the Bucks plus eight and a half and the under 42. I think this is another 14 to 10, 17 to 14 type of game. That is going to do it for Thursday Night Football. Let's move on to the Sunday slate. And we are going to start with my... Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Cowboys a six and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over under sitting at 45 and a half. The Cowboys coming off of a bye. The Rams blew that lead against the Steelers. They, like I said, they kind of got screwed by that awful spot. And I think the Rams are in for another loss here because I think this is a bad matchup for them against my Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys allow the third fewest yards passing per game, just 6.2 yards per pass attempt. And we know the Rams are heavily reliant on their passing game. The Cowboys' run defense looks susceptible when you look at the rankings. They're 19th in yards per carry allowed. But that's really just because of two bad games against the 49ers and the Cardinals. They've held Austin Eckler to 14 carries for 29 yards in their last game. They held Zeke and Ramondre to 20 carries for 46 yards. So when you look at Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman lining up on the other side, they don't really scare me as a Cowboys fan. On the other side, the Rams' pass defense ranks 14th in yards per attempt allowed, 11th in yards per game. So you're sitting there thinking, oh, that's middle of the road. That's pretty good. When you look at the quarterbacks that they've played, though, they've played Kenny Pickett, Josh Dobbs, Anthony Richardson, not known for his ability to throw. And they got carved up by Geno Smith uh, and Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. 
uh, 8.0 yards per attempt in those three games. They also played an injured Joe Burrow. I think this is a must-win game for Dallas trying to keep pace with Philly, who they have next week. I think you see... Uh, the Cowboys, a lot of times teams will look ahead in this spot. I don't think that's going to happen to this Cowboys team. Give me my Cowboys minus six and a half. And that is going to move us on to the Jags taking on the Steelers. The Steelers are two and a half point underdog at home. The over under sitting at 42. The Steelers have a negative point differential at four and two. Their point differential is 11 points worse than the two and four Titans who just benched their starting quarterback. This team just either either they get blown out or they hang around and just find a way, a way to pull a win out of their ass. Uh, This offense is bad. This defense is bad. They are 24th in yards per pass attempt allowed, 27th in yards per carry allowed. On the offensive side of the ball, they're 29th in yards per carry, 23rd in yards per pass attempt. Uh, The only thing that carries this team is a great coach in Mike Tomlin and an amazing pass rush with TJ Watt, you know, just being an incredible defensive player. He just elevates this defense. The rest of the defense is not very good. This is not a good football team. This is a team that is spearheaded by T.J. Watt and Mike Tomlin. The Jaguars are a good football team. Give me the Jags minus two and a half. All the money's on the Jags. I don't care. The Steelers team is not good. They are not a good football team. And I'm just going to keep fading them until that gets proven. So give me the Jags minus two and a half. That is going to move us on to the Vikings taking on the Packers. The Packers, a one-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 42 and a half. And off of that Monday night win against the 49ers, 80% of the bets are on the Vikings. So this might be the hype team this week. I know a lot of people want to make it the Ravens, but uh, the Vikings coming out of nowhere on Monday Night Football, and now you know they're throwing their hat in the ring to contend for that seventh seed in the NFC. But this is still a Vikings team that you know is coming off of a great win. But what have we said about teams coming off of great wins this year? They don't bode very well the next week. All the hype is on the Vikings. Now they're going on the road to Lambeau Field, a divisional matchup. Uh, the Packers have looked awful uh they really were in position to win their last two games, but uh, Jordan Love interceptions uh, letting them down in the end. This Vikings offense is pretty one-dimensional. They have not been able to run the ball. Uh, Green Bay, meanwhile, is ninth in the league in yards per pass attempt allowed, so I think that their pass defense is going to be able to step up and shut down this Vikings offense. This is a trap game, a division road game for the Vikings Hold your nose. Take the Packers plus one here. That is going to move us on to the Falcons taking on the Titans. The Titans, a three-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 35 and a half. This is going to be Will Levis's first start. And a lot of people might look at this matchup and say, oh, this Titans run defense is very good. And this Falcons run offense, you know, this offense is one-dimensional. They're too reliant on the run. And they might be without B.J. B. John Robinson for this one. So a lot of people might be thinking this is a tough spot for the Falcons. But their passing game has done very well the last three games. Uh, the interceptions against Washington are the only reason they're not 3-0 and in those games. And this Titans secondary is really bad. So I know that the Falcons passing game is not great. But this Titans secondary is awful, so it's a weakness-on-weakness matchup, but the Falcons do have the weapons to exploit this porous Titans secondary. So I'm going to take the Falcons minus three here. That is going to move us on to the Saints taking on the Colts. The Colts are one-point underdog at home here, the over-under sitting at 43.5. And as I said in the open, the Colts got absolutely robbed against the Browns. On the other side, the Saints get extra rest after playing on Thursday. The drop pass in the end zone, uh, putting a dagger in their comeback. They almost forced overtime after falling behind against the Jaguars. Uh, This is the Colts' second straight game against a hard-hitting defense. I think they're going to be emotional after having that game stolen from them last year. This is a young team. I'm not 
sure about their ability uh, to bounce back there. So I'm going to take the Saints minus one here. I could dive into the stats and throw a bunch of numbers at you. But this is just an emotional play for me. I think the Colts... Uh, the Colts are going to be in their feelings a little bit. They had a game stolen from them uh, they, that they absolutely deserve to win. This is a young team. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to bounce back from that. So give me the Saints minus one. That is going to move us on to the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. The Dolphins a nine and a half point favorite at home. The over under sitting at 46 and a half. And this is an, a matchup that we saw in week two. The Miami won 24 to 17 in Foxborough. The Pats defense held Tyreek in check. But I think Mike McDaniel is going to have something up his sleeve. Everyone loves to credit oh, Bill Belichick. He takes away what every team is good at and blah 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 blah. but Mike McDaniel is an offensive genius in his own right I think he's going to have something up his sleeves I think that they're this is a pissed off Miami's team after that loss to the Eagles and the referees who refused to throw a single flag against the Eagles Uh, now they're going up against another known cheater in Bill Belichick I think Miami lights up the scoreboard here give me the Dolphins minus nine and a half usually you'll see a lot of A lot of money come in on a team like the Dolphins, who are an offensive juggernaut. They light up the scoreboard. So usually you'd see this sitting at like 65, 70% of the public money. Uh, Just 56% of the public money is on Miami. I think that's telling. Usually these big favorites have a lot more than that. I think a lot of people are scared off of this huge number at 9.5 and and maybe thinking the Pats might be good after beating the Bills, a team that that just stomped the Dolphins a few weeks ago. But like I said, that's not the same Bills team. And just you can't just look at one matchup and say, oh, this team beat this team. So now they're, you know, and they lost to that team. So that means that they're going to beat them. That's not the way that the NFL works. The NFL is a lot more like rock, paper, scissors this year. So I'm going to take the Dolphins minus nine and a half. And that is going to move us on to the Eagles taking on the Commanders. The Commanders, a six and a half point underdog. At home, the over/under sitting at forty-three and a half, and another match, another rematch. I don't know why we're getting all these rematches. Uh, neither the Eagles or the Commanders has played the Cowboys yet, but here they are playing their second game against each other already. Uh, the schedule makers doing some weird stuff. We also have the Chiefs and Broncos playing each other for the second time in three weeks. Um, this was, like I said, a thirty-four to thirty-one game in OT in Philly. A few in in Week Four. So you think, oh well, people are going to remember that. Wrong. Eighty-four percent of the bets still on the Eagles who coming off a big win against the Dolphins. As I said, zero penalties called against them. The commanders on the other side coming off a loss to the Giants where the offense was absolutely stagnant. They were one for 15 on third down. Their third down percentage is the second worst in the league. So all, all of these things tell you to take the commanders. All the money's on the Eagles. This is, you know, the commanders looked awful last week. The Eagles look great. Everything says take the commanders this week. I cannot do it. I, I cannot give out the commanders a plus six and a half after the way they looked last week. I also can't give out the Eagles because there's too many red flags coming up against them. So I'm actually going to do something rare that I rarely do on this podcast. My play for this game is going to be a prop bet. It's going to be Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half yards in nine games against the Eagles for his career. He has 53 catches for 784 yards. That's six catches per game and 87 yards per game. So this number at 55 and a half, I think is sitting very low. So give me Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half yards uh, is my play for Eagles Commanders. And that is going to move us on to the Jets taking on the Giants. The Giants, a three-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 36 and a half. And these are just two putrid, putrid offenses. If you're wondering why this number is sitting so low, uh, it's because these offenses are bad. The Giants, 12.1 points per game. That is worst in the league. Even in their win last week, just 14 points. Uh, the Jets are 
averaging just 18.8 points per game. That is the 22nd, so 10th worst in the league. Yards per game, the Jets sitting 30th, the Giants sitting 26th. Passing per game, the Jets 32nd, the Giants 26th. Third down conversions, the Jets, the worst in the league at 25%. That is absolutely horrid. The Jets are converting just 25% of their third down, so their punter getting a lot of work. Uh, The Giants, not very good in their own right either. They're sitting just 21st in third down conversions. But this is a Giants defense that's played really well. Um, Their points per game doesn't show it, but they've held the commanders to seven last week, the Bills to 14 the week before. The reason their points per game looks so bad is because they played Miami, Seattle, Dallas, and San Francisco. So uh, I think this defense is better than people are giving it credit. But both of these defenses or I think are pretty good. Maybe the Jets are slightly better, but if these offenses are really bad. I think maybe the Giants are slightly better. So I'm going to take the under 36 and a half here. And I think these teams are a little more equal uh, than people are thinking. So I'm going to grab the three points here with the Giants at home. Now I know this is a home game for both teams, but uh, I, I guess the Giants season ticket holders are the ones that get in. So maybe you'll still have more of a home crowd for the Giants. So I'm taking the Giants plus three and the under 36 and a half here. That is going to move us on to the Texans taking on the Panthers. The Panthers, a three-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 43.5. And, and this is the number one pick in last year's draft against the number two pick in last year's draft. And the narrative around this one is, man, oh, man, the Panthers made a mistake. C.J. Stroud should have been the number one pick, uh, something that a certain podcaster was saying at draft time. Uh, but Young versus Stroud, number one versus number two. Neither team, by the way, this is a random weird thing with this game, with two, you know, two I don't want to call the Texans a bad team, but they are a rebuilding team. But two rebuilding teams, neither one of them owns their own first-round draft pick. So if you want to sit here and say, oh, it's a tank bowl, uh, neither team has incentive to tank. Both teams coming off of a bye. I talked about the Texans possibly being the hype team last year after after their big win. But uh, I think with both teams coming off of their bye, I think we could still call the Texans a hype team because the last time we saw them, they're coming off a big win. and The Panthers have yet to win a game, but I think the Panthers are going to be motivated to win here. Like I said, they have no reason to go 0-17. They don't own their first round draft pick, so they just be giving the number one pick to the Bears. So they have incentive to win here, and they really have incentive to win because they want to prove they didn't make a horrible mistake by dra- drafting Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. So I think the Panthers are motivated to win this game. All the money's going to be on the Texans here. I don't like making this pick. I don't think it's a very good Panthers team, but I'm going to hold my nose and take the Panthers plus three at home here. That is going to move us on to the Browns taking all the Seahawks. The Seahawks, a three and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 38. And the Browns had a win gift wrap for them by the referees. And I think that the defense kind of got exposed uh, against the Colts last week. They did not look like the same defense. This is another week of P.J. Walker starting. On the other side, I think Seattle is a complete team. They are third in the league at yards per rush allowed, so P.J. Walker is going to have a lot on his shoulders here, especially with the Browns down. Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford. Now, you can sit here and say, oh, well, they got Kareem Hunt. That's fine. Uh, there's a reason Kareem got, Hunt got cut, and there's a reason nobody signed him in free agency. I don't think uh, that he is the back that that he once was. So I like Seattle minus three and a half here. The three and a half does scare me a little bit in in a game with such a low total. But like I said, I think the Seahawks team is just a complete team. And the Browns are kind of in shambles with no Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb, um, Jack Conklin out for the year. I think the injuries are starting to stack up for this Browns team. And I don't think the defense uh, might not be as good as everybody thought. 
That is going to move us on to the Ravens taking on the Cardinals. And this is the true hype team of the week. The Baltimore Ravens coming off of that blowout win against the Detroit Lions. They are the hype team. They're getting 80% of the bets here. The Cardinals, a eight and a half point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 44. A lot of rumors about Kyler Murray practicing. I don't think that he's going to play. I think it is going to be Josh Dobbs. But this is still... The Ravens are having the love fest from the media. Everybody's eliminator pick is going to be the Ravens this year. They're going to be in every tease, every money line parlay. However, I think this we've seen letdown games from the Ravens in the past and just this season against Indy and Pittsburgh. This is a frisky Cardinals team. Uh, you have the Hollywood Brown revenge factor here that a lot, not a lot of people are thinking about. So maybe play some overs on his props. But as I do every week, I'm fading the hype team. I'm not going to give out the money line. I don't think the Cardinals can win this game outright, but I am going to take the Cardinals plus eight and a half. That is going to move us on to the Chiefs taking on the Broncos. The Broncos, a seven and a half point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 46. Like I said, another weird scheduling thing. The second of... The second time these teams see each other in three weeks, they played a weird Thursday game uh, two weeks ago. The Chiefs' offense got bogged down the offense several times. Russell Wilson was absolutely putrid in this game, under 100 yards, two interceptions. Even with that, the Chiefs still barely covered this game. It took a late 52-yard field goal with two minutes left. So, I mean, the Chiefs could have decided to punt there. The Chiefs could have picked up the first down. It was a third and 10 that set up that field goal, and Patrick Mahomes took a rare sack. Patrick Mahomes picks up that third down. The Chiefs are running the clock out, and the Broncos are covering that game. So you would think, oh, yeah, betters are going to remember that. There's no way they're going to load up on the KC Chiefs again. Wrong. 83% of the public bets now on the Kansas City Chiefs. So you know what we're going to do here. We are going to zag. Give me the Broncos plus seven and a half. That is going to move us on to the final afternoon game on the slate. It is the Bengals taking on the 49ers. The 49ers are three and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 43 and a half. The 49ers coming off of two straight losses. They're on short rest after playing on Monday Night Football. The Bengals on the other side coming off a bye. So the Bengals have a eight-day rest advantage in this one. And a lot of times people don't look at that, but I think they are this week because 62% of the money line bets are on the 49ers, but 63% of the against the spread bets are on the Bengals. So which way do you go here? Which way do you fade? If, if, you're, you know, if you're a public fading guy such as myself, you're kind of unsure of which way to go here. You, want, you look at that rest advantage for the Bengals, but I'm also looking at this matchup with the 49ers D-line against this porous Bengals offensive line. On the other side, you have Lou Anarumo, a defensive coordinator that I really respect against Kyle Shanahan. So this might be the best offensive coordinator against the best defensive coordinator in the league. Uh, so my play here is going to be the under 43 and a half. I don't really know which side to lean. Uh, twist my arm, make me pick a side. I'll take the 49ers minus a three and a half. But I, I'd, it's, it's really tough to take a team with a eight-day rest disadvantage. The only thing stopping me from giving out the 49ers minus three and a half. I think their offense uh, might be a little bit bogged down. Debo still might not be healthy. So give me the under 43 and a half here. I do think this 49ers D-line is going to dominate uh, this Bengals offensive line. Wrapping things up here with the primetime games and two kind of ugly games here. The Bears taking on the Chargers Sunday night football. The Chargers are eight and a half point favorite at home. The over under 46 and a half. And uh, Tyson Bajent, Baggant, however the hell you pronounce his name, he is all the rage. Everybody is, you know, saying, oh, man, this undrafted free agent, he's the next coming of Brock Purdy. And then Justin Herbert on the other side is the heel of the week. Uh, the Bears somehow a square dog in this one. I guess it's because of the Tyson Bajant uh, buzz and everybody being down on Justin Herbert. But how did the Bears win that game really last year? They won that game because they ran the ball really well and they were facing the Raiders, who are terrible. 
I'm taking the loss the the Chargers here. Uh, I'm holding my nose. You can sit here and say, oh well, you oh you're taking the the better team. You're not really holding your nose there. But like I said, all the money's on the Bears, and the Chargers look terrible. The Chargers haven't looked like they could beat anybody by double digits, which which they pretty much have to do to cover this spread. But I'm still gonna do it here. And I know you've been waiting for this. You're probably thinking, man, this this podcast is missing something. The teaser of the week. We're teasing the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. That's why it took so long to get to. So this is where we are gonna start the teaser of the week. That is right. The teaser of the week. Looking to get back on track after just our second loss of the year. We're going to cheese the Chargers down from minus eight and a half to minus two and a half. And on Monday Night Football, just like I said, this Raiders team is absolutely terrible. They're taking on the Lions. The Lions are an eight and a half point favorite at home for that one. The over-under sitting at 45 and a half. Uh, The Raiders absolutely stink. Like I said, starting Brian Horner over Aiden O'Connell. One of the head-scratching decisions. Just add it to the list of the terrible decisions they've made. They're bad on both lines. The defensive line is not good outside of Max Crosby. The offensive line is porous. I think they're going to get destroyed by this Lions team who has a great offensive line and a good defensive line. The Lions are going to dominate, dominate this game in the trenches. So the second leg of my teaser of the week is the Lions down to minus two and a half. And I'm also giving out the Lions Lions minus eight and a half as my pick for the game. But that is going to do it for the games and the podcast. Thanks for listening. And just to recap my picks. I like the Bucks plus eight and a half tonight on Thursday Night Football. I also like the under 42 in that game. I like my Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half against the Rams. I like the Jags minus two and a half against the Steelers. Give me the Packers. Now plus one and a half, by the way. That line has gone up to one and a half. So Packers plus one and a half against the Vikings. I like the Falcons minus three against the Titans. Give me the Saints minus one against the Colts. The Dolphins minus nine and a half against the Patriots. Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half yards against the Eagles. The Giants plus three against the Jets. We also like the under 36 and a half in that game. The Panthers plus three against the Texans. Give me the Seahawks minus three and a half against the Browns. The Cardinals plus eight and a half against the Ravens. The Broncos plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. The under 43 and a half in Bengals 49ers. The Chargers minus eight and a half and the Lions minus eight and a half. Those are also going to be the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Chargers. Chargers down to minus two and a half against the Bears, teasing the Lions down to minus two and a half against the Raiders. That is going to do it for my picks. Thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next week.